Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm here with my co-hosts, Ryan Winthrop, Jordan Heffler. Good morning, guys! <laughs> what are we playing for, Dylan? <laughs> yeah, so we got a, another version of the podcast coming to you, preseason content once again. For this episode, we'll be previewing the 10 women that are appearing on the all-winner season, Winners at War, which does start next week. So let's, start, let's get it started. So first, winner of season seven, Sandra. Obviously, she's won twice. She won season seven, won uh, Heroes vs. Villains season 20. What, what do we have to say? Jordan, what do you think? So, Sandra D, where do I even begin with her? Um, two-time winner. Only one in Survivor history. So she's coming as a clear favorite. Definitely odds in her favor. Because, I mean, she's been there a ton. She knows what it's like to win. She knows what it takes. And in my opinion, even though she's a clear favorite, I think she will actually be the first one voted out. I don't know about you guys, because she is a very trustworthy person. But I think, I mean, if I'm on that island, I talk to every single person in my tribe. And I'm like, all right, guys, we're all here to be the, another two-time champion. If Sandra walks out with this thing and becomes the only person on three times, we're all losers. We can't let that happen. And if anybody lets her win again, they're just they're just morons. What do you guys think? So actually, I I think that that's that's actually an interesting thing that I did think of last night. And by the way, just so everybody knows, later we will be we will be saying our predictions for first person voted out. Obviously, Hef just gave his away, but um, we'll be giving our prediction first person out, uh, our sleeper pick, and. Uh, last remaining so that will we'll be doing later in the podcast but going back to what you said about Sandra I think that a lot of the the seasons where there have been returning players and they've had returning winners people are like we don't want this person to win a second time again we need somebody new to get that a million dollars they already have the money now obviously everybody here has the money but just it's a mindset why would you want somebody to win three times before you could win twice yeah, no, you guys summed up my my points basically already for me. People have won all they've all won a million dollars. Sandra's won two million. The fact that this is a two million dollar prize, you're not gonna give Sandra D four million dollars in her bank account. Um, I kind of agree with Hef, but also sort of disagree. I don't think she'll be the first one out of the season, but I think she's gonna go pre-merge, not just because she is the queen of Survivor for winning twice, but I actually think in Game Changers, Sandra actually played the best out of her three times. Because she masterminded Sierra, JT, and Tony's vote outs. Whereas in her first two seasons, she kind of was like floating through the game, anybody but me. So I think coming off of Game Changers and from being a coach, I think she has way too much star recognition. She's got to go pretty merge, I think. I actually want to touch on that. She does not deserve the name of Queen of Survivor. I mean, she has won twice. But the two times she won, she just really skated by she wasn't doing anything and the only time that she was really dominating the game was the one where she got voted out early so i she's not my queen hashtag not my queen <laughs> so i actually i think that you brought up a good point ryan so she did play the first her first two seasons really where she won where her strategy was anybody but me and um she really got she got by and then here as villains she wasn't the best player but she realized that she you know she was gunning for russell originally and then she hit a point where she realized, well, what am I doing this for if nobody's going to end up voting for Russell again? And, you know, if I could sell at the at the end jury, poverty being tied to Russell the entire game, maybe enough votes will go on me. And that's exactly what happened. But obviously, she's not going to be able to do that in an all-winner all season where everybody's targeting her. She's actually going to have to have a 
clear strategy going in. She's going to have to adapt and that anybody but me mentality is not work, not going to work. And there was a people.com article where they asked each of the, each of the contestants, uh, the same exact questions. And they said, what are you going to change from your time on other seasons compared to now? And that was one of the things she said. She said, she said that she's going to change that anybody but me strategy. And that's not what she's going to do this time. Mm, that's true. But now we will move on to the next winner, winner of season eight, wife of Boston Rob, Amber. Amber, as Rob would say, Amber. <laughs> so, Ryan, you got anything you want to add about Amber? I think Amber, I'm excited for her to come back. We haven't seen Amber since season eight, which was like 2003. So I'm actually really excited to see her back. I think she is coming in at a disadvantage. You know, she has, she's other than Ethan, She's the only other winner to have played in a season with no idols, no blindsides, no modern survivors. So she's coming in with an old school mindset. Granted, that would lower her threat level. But I think being tied to her husband, Rob, out there, they're going to be seen as a package deal. I think one of them will go early. One of them will then maybe go a little bit farther. So I think Amber can make it far in this game if Rob goes early. If Rob doesn't go early and her tribe loses, I could see her being a sacrifice to take a shot at Rob, I think. Right, so I think that she's going to go in with low threat level also, but I definitely don't think that they're going to they're gonna let Rob and Amber both make the merge. That's something that would never happen. So I do think, it's kind of interesting that we talk about this because her and Rob are almost playing a blood versus water game as well as a all-winter season. So that's definitely a very interesting thing to you know keep in mind. They're probably not going to let both of them go far. So Yeah, and if I'm on that island, there's no way that I let... If I have to let one of them go far, let one of them go to the merge, I'm letting it be Amber. Because Boston Rob, possibly the GOAT. Amber, again, has not played in years. She has no idea what the modern game's like. Get Boston Rob out of there. Let him go really early. If you're going to have to let one of them make it to the merge, let it be Amber. So I think that she does have a chance to kind of skate by for a little bit, assuming that the tribe is smart enough to get rid of Rob, get rid of, get rid of Rob pretty early. Yeah, no, I agree. The only other thing about Amber that I hate to say, because I'm not the biggest fan of Edge of Extinction, is that if Rob is on the jury for Edge of Extinction and he's campaigning for his wife to win, they're going to vote on Amber next. So Amber, unless Rob leaves and goes early, I think Amber is also in a bad spot too. Right. Yeah, so definitely something to keep a tab on with Blood vs. Water being in play for Rob and Amber as well as all winners. Uh, but now to move on to the Season 11 winner, Danny. Danny Boatwright, the only uh, Guatemala returnee from her season, so a lost era back there. Yeah, so uh, one of the th- one of the things that I saw somebody bringing up about that season was people said it was one of the most forgotten seasons ever. You know, obviously because of that reason where they don't have returnees from there. And now she comes back. Um, Danny, a very social player, somebody, but somebody social, but also tried to keep things down low for like on the low, tried to make moves on the low. Yeah, no, I think from my experience with Guatemala, Danny Boatwright is a very social player. Um, she's also pretty physical, so she's not going to go early in terms of challenges. Her quick, really quick story about Guatemala is that she actually was in the majority for her initial alliance in the pre-merge. So she was really good socially and physical there. Then at the merge, her tribe lost the numbers and she kind of got into the minority, but then she won challenges and got back. So I do think Danny will be an under-the-radar player. Um, the question is, with pre-existing relationships, will she make it far in this game? I don't know, because you know people are going to be making deals before the game about who they know. That could work against her, but in terms of an under-the-radar player, I could see Danny at least 
making the merge due to her physicality and her socialness. Ryan, who are you talking about for people making deals before the game with their existing relationships? Because obviously Boston, Rob, and Amber come to mind. Also, Jeremy and Natalie played together on uh, Blood vs. Water. Who else, who else do you have in mind? I mean, I don't have any, you know, real specific examples. Like, I don't know for a fact I can say Tony called Tyson at 1 a.m. and said, let's make a deal, even though I'm sure Tony would do that. But um, I just know that if you, they played together, they have a pre-existing relationship. And then with all these, you know, charity events with like different parties and stuff, these people know each other. I'm sure they're friends. I know like Jeremy's friends with Wendell and friends with Natalie. So I don't know who's been talking, but I'm saying they probably have talked and might put some of that aside for the game. Danny's just not as connected, so that might work against her. And that topic of connectivity leads into our next player, Poverty, arguably the queen of Survivor. Um, Spicy P. And, and she actually, in the complete opposite of Danny, has a ton of relationships throughout this entire game. She played with, you know, she played, and going back to, you know, the men's side, she played with Yule. She played with Rob. She played with Tyson. So Sandra D. She's played, yeah, she's played with Sandra. So she's she's played with all these people. She knows a lot of these people. And I think that those existing relationships will definitely come into play for her. But let's just talk about Parvati's game just in general. Yeah, Jordan, what do you got on Parv? Parvati's my girl. I love Parv. I love Parv. Love her gameplay. She's so fun to watch. Um, everyone, I mean, Ryan, describe Parvati in one word. Flirtatious is the word I'm looking for, Ryan. <laughs> okay, okay. I actually have a couple of words. We'll go with flirtatious, yes. Um, everyone talks about how flirtatious she is. It's a huge strategy of hers. And I am hesitant to say that it's going to work for her well in this season because at this point, everyone's caught on. No one is going to get distracted. Everyone's going to be super, super focused on the gameplay aspect of it. And I think that, honestly, she's smart enough to realize that being a flirt and then or being a yes woman is not going to is not going to get her far in the game. And I think that's kind of a sneaky, sneaky aspect of her game. People might only see her as this cute, flirty girl, but she is actually a really smart player, really strong in challenges as well, and I can see her really excelling in every aspect of the game. So something that I was thinking of was maybe she may adjust her game a little bit, I think, this time. I don't, I don't know if she'll use that flirt aspect as much as she has in other seasons, and I think just because, as you said, people are going to be so focused on the game that that may not work for her, um, but she's going to have to find other creative ways, and mo- most people do overlook her for that aspect of her actually being really really smart as well so i love parvati i would say if i had to pick a queen she would be my queen um i do love parvati shallow a lot i actually changed my mind on her coming into the season when i first saw the cast list i was like parvati shallow is one of the greatest of all time she's a target on her back she's gonna go early but now that i think about it she hasn't played since heroes versus villains so she hasn't played in almost 20 seasons and not saying that she's been forgotten about, but I feel like there's some bigger recent names that she probably could hide behind. Also, in a season of All Winners, you're going to be looking for meat shields. And for the girls out there, Parvati is a big female meat shield that you could hide behind. Plus, the biggest thing also is that Parvati's now a mom and she's married. So before, when she was this young, flirty girl, she could relate to the young people. There's a lot of parents out there. She's going to connect with them about their kids. She said she's going to get emotional. She's going to cry, not just fake tears, but she'll actually get sad about her kids. So I think Parvati actually surprisingly can make it far in this game this time. And now we'll move on to Sophie. Um, definitely a definitely a very simple winner compared to 
all the other winners we see. Um, she was kind of the person who, you know, had the, had the same alliance the entire game, got to the end, and then ended up being basically the most rational one who happened to beat Ozzy in the final immunity challenge. Jordan's already shaking his head. What are you thinking, Jordan? Let's make this fast, boys. So, Sophie, I was screaming when I saw that she won that season. I was so upset. Pretty much, Coach had like a Boston Rob-esque season where he led his alliance the entire way. He was dominating the votes every single time. Pretty much, pretty much determining how the vote was going to go each single, each and every time after the merge. Sophie skated by. Coach should have voted her out, and she pretty much just got lucky that she beat Ozzy in the last immunity challenge. She would have definitely lost to him. And I'm and I'm thinking about the jury. How can the jury be so upset that Coach was talking about this honorable game? Sophie's just sitting there skating by the entire time, and she gets the majority of the votes. I I'm just fur- I'm furious that she's even lucky enough and fortunate enough to be considered to be on this season. She does not deserve to be here. I hope she's the first one voted out, but I think that she could be one of the people dragged to the end because her gameplay is nowhere near on the same level as everyone as everyone else. She could be a goat to the end and be an easy zero votes in the last uh, tribal council. So I actually disagree with that. And the reason why is because I think that on that season... So you have to keep in mind that video editing is obviously a big part of the show. And on that season, you had two returnees that made it to the final five being Coach and Ozzy. So the audience who had already come in loving Coach and Ozzy, um, those were going to be the guys that were shown and two very strong personalities and as well. In what season do they not show the winner a lot? No, I, no I'm just... Oh, I, wait, she had no, she no. Had no <laughs> highlights to show. She <laughs> There was nothing exciting the entire time. There was nothing to show. Could, her. could you could you could you let me finish here? So I'm saying I'm saying that I think that those two may have possibly overshadowed her. And did they probably play better games than her? Yes. But I do think that you know she she's somebody who was in med school at the time when she played. She's obviously she does have brains. So I do think that you know she could fly under the radar a bit. And may she be tar- she she may be targeted early. But I also think that it is possible that she could you know get to the merge. So. Yeah, all I'll say about Sophie is that I have very mixed opinions. I think she might be the biggest question mark in my mind for the season. I think she could go far because she's underestimated. She is a strategic player. I think she could be underestimated and go far. On the other hand, like with Danny, she doesn't have a lot of these pre-game, preseason connections. And if you're seen as a big fan of the show, and this is the case for one of the guys coming up, but if you're seen as a big, smart fan of the show and you don't have those connections, you could be an early boot. So I agree with Dylan. I could see Sophie going out early. I could see Sophie making it far. I'm not really sure, to be honest. And now we'll move to our next uh, next woman. Season 24 winner, Survivor One World, one of the most fan one of the fan favorites, one of the most liked people ever to be on Survivor, Kim. One of my fan favorites. Love Kim Spradlin. So I think the main thing to talk about with Kim is Again, you have a very strong player. She dominated her season, um, and something that I did that I that is that is extremely important about her season is not only was she dominant, but nobody ever wanted to get her out except for Troy Zan one time, and she got to him before he got to her. And other than that, I mean, she she could have been she could have been taken to the end by anybody. Nobody really saw her. I mean, people saw her as a threat, but she. She's the type of person that you want to play with, you want to trust. So everyone wanted to, you know, just stay stay loyal to her and bring her all the way to the end, no matter what. Yeah, no, I I can't vouch for Kim enough. I think that if you take Boston Rob out because he's played four times, 
you take out Yule because of his super idol. I think if you look at the first-time player in a Raw game, Kim Spradlin played the most flawless first-time player game in history. I think she was never a target, like you said, Dylan. She Everyone likes her because she's social. She's strategic. She's She won four challenges. Kim is amazing. I do think that she could go early because of those reasons, so Kim might struggle in the early game. But I think if she can get her feet under her and make it past the first four votes or five votes, and she gets in a solid alliance, maybe another woman's alliance, I think Kim has the natural talents to maybe win this game again. Yeah, I definitely agree. And moving on to season 25 winner, Denise. So the thing that people always bring up about Denise is that she went to every single tribal council and did not get voted out. Didn't even, I, don't, I believe she didn't even get a single vote the entire season. Is that true or did she? She got one or two votes from Abby because her and Abby Maria did butt heads a little bit. But um, no, yeah, she survived every tribal, maybe getting two or three votes along the way. So she's another player that is a person you want to play the game with. You're going to trust no matter what. Um, very social and you know ultimately I think the social game prevails obviously in Survivor and she's just as strong as anyone in that. Jordan what do you think? Yeah I agree with Dylan here so very strong social player and I think one thing we haven't mentioned is that people in this game will understand the importance of being successful early so I think they will have a strong emphasis on winning challenges early because I think that everyone in their head is thinking I have to get to the merge and then just game on from there. Um, I think everyone's thinking that far ahead just right off the bat. So, And Denise is a type of girl you want on your tribe that's going to be able to get you to the merge. She's a hard worker in challenges. She is pretty strong. She holds her own. And I think that's something that's going to get her, far, get her far at least to the merge. And obviously her social game, like Dylan mentioned, might be able to carry her even further than that. Yeah, I think Denise uh, is a very great social and physical player. I think that she's a loyal number. She's a, uh, she's a sex therapist. She's a great listener. She knows how to get to people and connect with them. I think Denise can make it pretty far in this game. Again, putting aside pregame connections that she may not have, I think Denise is going to be well-liked. She's good in challenges, and socially she'll make it pretty far, I think. Yeah, I think, I think all of us could agree on Denise. Mm -hmm. um, moving to Season 29. Natalie, uh, another person that's not really talked about, but was a pretty solid winner. Yeah. So time I out. have time oh. out, time oh, out. Yeah. Sorry, oh. Ryan. Dylan, not that talked about. I think she's like maybe the most overrated woman, and that's ever been a winner. Oh. I think that she's really overrated coming into this. I mean, I'm I'm a student of the game. I like reading some Survivor fan websites. Everyone's like, oh, Natalie has a really good chance to win this. Natalie was a really strong player. People. Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. Natalie wasn't that good. So I think I think that I think that one of the reasons that people may may see her as a threat to win is because she's not seen as she's not seen no. as one of those she's not seen as the Kim Poverty Sandra type, but she she's smart enough to to go. I don't think Natalie's that good. No, nothing nothing stood out to me. No one had no one had that survivor flair that I look for. It gets me excited. It gets my blood pumping when I watch an episode. No, she didn't have that sparkle. She didn't have that little twinkle. Am I, am I wrong? <laughs> Jordan, you know I love you, but I got to go with Dylan on this one. I think that Natalie, pre-merge, pre had a very quiet game, did not really do anything. I think Natalie really rose to power the minute Jeremy got voted out because she got blindsided. And I think in this game, especially in an all-winner season, people that are going to do well are people that have faced setbacks before. If you haven't faced any setbacks, you're not going to know what to look for when you're getting blindsided. I think Natalie ha had that setback and she learned from it. She then had, I think, the two biggest moves of the season by 
pretending to vote for the wrong person, getting rid of Alec, and everyone believed her that she voted for the wrong person. She masterminded that to then get rid of John the next vote. And then the final vote had that godfather move to play the idol on Jacqueline to get out Baylor to split up her and her mom. So I think Natalie Anderson's a great player, and I think she can go far, honestly. So I, I think that, and I know you mentioned this to me yesterday, that she's going to have Jeremy to work with for sure, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there are pre-existing relationships with her that could be a success. Could that be part of the reason she's voted out early? And it could. See, it it could. could be. So I think I think that one of the most complex things is that you don't need, we don't like, we're, we're having these debates. We don't even know what people are going to look at as threats or what people aren't going to look at as threats. Mm-hmm. So are exist, pre-existing relationships going to be seen as a threat or is it going to help you get further in the game? Yeah. Is being being really good going to mean you're going to be a meat shield for other people and be brought farther? Um, or is that going to mean you're voted out early? Is being is being maybe one of the weaker players, does that mean that you're going to get voted out early like other seasons? Or does that mean that people will drag you to the end? You really just, you just don't know what, you just don't know what to think here. I do have one more thing about Natalie that might sway your guys' opinions. I have some, uh, some tea from uh, outside the game. Um, did you know wait, 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 that... Is it a spoiler? No, no, it's not, it's not a spoiler. No, no, no. Did you know that Natalie was supposed to be on Game Changers? Oh, good tea. And wow. she actually failed the medical test because she recently had a concussion. So she was not clear to play, and they put Sierra Don Thomas in her place. Wow. I think the best thing for Natalie Anderson is that she, I think she's a great winner, and people haven't seen her since season 29. If they saw her play again in Game Changers, I think she'd be a bigger threat. So I think the best thing to happen to Natalie was not get put on Game Changers. All right, rewind with that information. New Natalie prediction, she gets medevaced. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but that, that, that could happen. <laughs> uh, let's hope not. But moving on to our second to last winner we're going to talk about um, for the women, Michelle. Michelle, definitely a person who has controversy surrounding her win as she beat two players who were very strategic, Aubrey and Ty, two players who pretty much were in the forefront, have played again, and Michelle kind of overtook them both just by social game alone. I like Michelle a lot. I know I was shaking my head there, but... I just love Ty. Ty's one of my boys. I, lo- I think Ty is one of my favorite, Ty, probably top five players. Michelle was pretty good. I enjoyed watching her. I think that she was intentional and in kind of how she flew under the radar through the season. I think that was really purposeful as, as opposed to like someone like, I don't know, Sophie, who really just got lucky. I, I hate Sophie. <laughs> but yeah, I think Michelle does have, does have potential here. She's a bartender, good relationship maker good with people, and I think that she could be someone that, pe- that people trust. She was never really a blind side, and she really stuck with, She made a really core alliance on her season. I think she does have potential to go far on this one. I agree. I think Michelle will go far. I think she is the, pro- probably the most underrated player out there considering her controversy beating Aubrey. She's very social, very well-liked, um, was never in danger until later in the game for her season, and I think she has the, the benefit of being a little bit in a better spot than Danny because while they're both under the radar social players, Michelle's played more recently and she knows these people more. And I think Michelle will not be seen as somebody to go after right away. So I think Michelle Fitzgerald will go pretty good far. And moving on to our last winner out of the women, um, the last uh, the last woman to win this game. Um, somebody they saved the worst for last. Am I right, Ryan? <laughs> Some, somebody mm. wait. No, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what is it? What is what is going on with you today? Wow, 
I'm really passionate about two women on this season, Sarah and Sophie. So Sarah, I just want to bring up, I was watching some uh, videos on Sarah yesterday. She, the way she controlled that game in Game Changers was extremely impressive. I know he's, he's a big Culpepper guy and that's why he's, that's why he's, he's upset right now. But um, the move where, you know, she had the trust in Sierra where she told, Sierra told her, I, I'm going to give this legacy advantage to you if I, if I were to get voted out. And then she just voted her out. I mean, this is a genius move. Sierra basically had no, was trusted Sarah so much that she gifted it to her thinking that Sarah was not in, not the one who voted her out. It was just, it, just the way she played the whole season was very impressive. And, you know, she's not somebody who's going to be seen as a, as a physical threat. And you kind of had in game change, you kind of had the clash of the physical threat in Brad Culpepper and then the strategic threat in Sarah. And that was, that was your end game. Yeah, no, I think Sarah Lucina is a great player. I think she is strategic. I know Culpepper is another, he's one of my boys too. Jordan, I think he's a great physical player. I just think Sarah was so good strategically, but in this game, you in danger, girl. I think Sarah is in danger. I think she is not afraid to let you know she's the last female winner, and she will say that. I was the last female to win this game. She, no one can trust her coming into this game, seeing the stuff she pulled on Game Changers. I think Sarah is a good player, but coming off of her season being the most recent female winner, I think she's in a bad spot, personally. I don't even know what to say here. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's just talk about Game Changers for a second. How does Do we Col- have to? Do we have to talk about Game Changers? I don't yeah. want to. All right, all right. Give me 30. Give me 10 seconds. Culpepper should have won. He won five immunities in a row. How do you? How does he not win that? People like him cannot make it that far in the game without going undefeated. Toward the end, he went undefeated. He achieved the impossible. He should have won. Sophie, not Sophie, Sarah, I get them mixed up because I really don't like either of them. <laughs> um... I don't think she should have won, but I think that people overrate her gameplay, honestly. And this is like this is a reg- actually a pretty normal take. I, I'm not really I'm not trying to exaggerate this one, but I think that, and you could say this also about Boston Rob. Boston Rob's season, although he was dominant, he had a lot of people that were pretty naive and willing to succumb to his control. Sierra, even Sari, or some other people in that season were really kind of naive to what was going on. And I think that that they were overly easy to manipulate with the level of competition that winners at war will have. I don't think that Sarah will will be able to have nearly the same amount of impact or any kind of control for that matter. I think that she is going to be told what to do, not the one initiating the conversation and how to determine the votes. And I think that, I mean, if I was on the season, I wouldn't see her as a threat. Maybe some other people do, but I, I honestly don't see her going far i think that she'll be a disappointment to a lot of people all right so that being said let's move on to our our predictions of this so we're going to do three predictions so we're going to do out of the women we're going to do first one out sleeper pick and last remaining so i wanted to i want to just clear this up first when i say when we say sleeper pick there's nobody really that much under the radar in the season since everybody did win so we're defining we're defining sleeper as Somebody who people think could go out early, but we think are going to go out far. Uh, we think are going to go far in this game. So I'll. So we'll start out with the first one out. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't have this going into the podcast, but I think you guys did convince me that I think that Sarah does have a very good chance of being the first woman voted out. Here's what I'm going to say. I've been following. To anyone listening, follow Dalton Ross on Instagram and on Twitter. He's a great survivor source for articles and videos. Let's just say that he asked these 20 players, if you had to vote someone out in your first vote pre-game, who could you get rid of if you want to? 
We still need to wait for six more people to answer his question because he posted every day. We already have five people that said Sarah. I think people are looking at Sarah as a... crazy. I think Sarah is a major threat, being a very strategic, sneaky player, and being the last female winner. I think that's... that's, To spoil it, Dylan, that's who I think is going to go out first from the women. Sarah is... If her tribe loses, I think Sarah's gone. What about you, Hef? I already alluded to it. Sandra D. Okay. People on the season are smart. They're not... And they're jealous. (laughs) <laughs> she's known as the queen, even though she gave herself that name, and I guess people just ran with it. <laughs> but she's known as the queen. People on this game are competitive. They are driven by competition. They don't want her to win a third time. They're smart enough not to do that. And if she makes it to the merge, she has an exponentially greater chance because we've seen what she does. Get her out right away. Okay, so now moving to the next one, sleeper, person who you think um, who many think is going to go out early, but you think could go far. So I'll start off with this. So I'll, I'm going to say I have two sleepers for different reasons. So my first sleeper is Michelle. Um, nobody's really talking about her. She's has a great social game. She's somebody that you would want to work with, somebody that you want to believe, somebody that you want to align with. She's going to be underrated heading into the season, underestimated. I think she does make a run. And then somebody who many think could be voted out. So I'm going to give a second name here. But somebody who – and I the reason why is because the term sleeper with her may be – not agreed with, but so I think that many think that Kim could be voted out early because, you know, of her status as somebody who played maybe one of the, maybe the best game ever. Um, but I think that Kim, just like Michelle is somebody who you would want to align with somebody who you want to, who you just want to work with, you feel comfortable within your alliance. So I think that she could go far also. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think it depends on how you define sleeper. I think I see it as someone who, like you said, Dylan, People think we'll go early, but we'll actually go far or in turn, somebody who's just flat out underrated by definition. I think I agree with you completely. I think if we're just going, who's underrated, I think it's Michelle. Michelle has a great social game. I think she'll go far. And I think because she was seen as a social, not schemey player, I think she will actually try to play a bit more dirty this time, which might work in her favor because no one will see the, the knife coming. But if we're talking like who might go early, but who will actually go far, I think Kim Spryland has the tools. 100%. My sleeper of the year, my girl Spicy P Shallow. <laughs> um, so let's let's go through this right now. In Heroes Villains, she was a very good social player. People could count on her for a vote. Her alliance loved her. And at the end, she was considered like a sidekick to Russell, that she wasn't really conniving or anything, and that and that uh that's why Sandra won, because she was pretty much a one A to a one B to Russell's 1A. But she played the two idols without Russell knowing. That is true. But I think that because she's like a kind of loyal, we can say loyal social player and her alliances have loved her, that people want to use her. She's a good she's a good person to have on your side. And I think that will allow her to excel in the game. And I, she's very smart. I think that she's going to be able to really accelerate at this new level of gameplay. Mm-hmm. So it's ironic because I actually had Parvati written down originally as first woman voted out, but now that I've heard, now that we've had all these discussions, I think that she maybe has a chance to go far as well. But now going to last remaining woman, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Michelle here. I think it's tough, Dylan. I think you're right. There's a lot of overlap in these categories based on how you define them. So I feel yeah. like I could say a lot of women for the same. I guess just to, like you said, keep the names fresh, just so we can talk about different people. I think Parvati Shallow will go far in this game. I think that she's somebody who could be seen as going early, but actually will go far. 
Um, and then just in terms of who will go far regardless, I think Denise Stapley will be going far regardless. So I have a new name for you guys. Amber will make the final tribal council and Ooh. receive zero votes. I take. take. So I think that if I was like if I was like in the final tribal with Amber, I would want her with me to be like, she has Boston Rob. How much do you think Boston Rob has gotten paid to do all of these? He was just on thirty nine. He's played four times. He's won. She's won. Why are we giving these people more money? Why they don't they don't need this increased exposure? And that is the narrative that I would continue to play the entire time. I think Amber's a good person to have by your side because Boston Rob is just so dominant. And Ryan, like you said, I think that I think that something you have to worry about is Boston Rob kind of convincing the jury on Amber's behalf. But I do think that Amber's the type of person I would want by my side as a goat so I could receive all the jury votes. But you also have to be wary that Amber and Rob, one or both, may be a target. So if you align yourself with Amber, you just have to watch yourself to make sure you're not like losing the numbers and then you know, going down in numbers, and that could end, ultimately end up screwing up your game. I'm making the assumption that Boston Rob is voted out early as well. Okay. Uh, so that that wraps up our um, preview on the 10 women of the season. Um, we're going to be back on soon with previewing the 10 men for this season. So if you don't already, um, follow us on Twitter, at Soul Survivor Pod. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Soul Survivor Podcast, and we'll talk to you all then. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.